This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Right now, though, I want to get an update on Bill C-11. We've talked about this a lot uh, on the show over several months now. It's, it's the online streaming bill, essentially. Um, is what it's uh, dealing with, uh, Canada's online streaming bill to try and, uh, you know, tackle some of the big streaming platforms, your Netflix, your YouTube, things like that, and make them pay for access to the Canadian marketplace. Well, Canada's international trade minister met with a U.S. trade representative recently, and, and following that meeting, both sides apparently um, released their statement, as they always do, right? You get the readout, it's called, or the report about what happened at the meeting, completely routine. In this case, though, they were at least somewhat different. The U.S. record indicates that the U.S. rep raised concerns about Bill C-11. Canada's record did not include that detail. Nonetheless, though, we know that the U.S. has some concerns about Bill C-11 to find out what they are and if they're right to be concerned, we're going to chat with Dr. Michael Geist, who is the Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law at Faculty of Law at the University of Ottawa. Uh, Dr. Geist, thanks so much for joining us again. Appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. So what's your understanding as to what the Americans are concerned about surrounding C-11? What's the problem? Well, I think their concern is that it may well violate, or some of the provisions in that bill may violate the Canada-U.S.-Mexico trade agreement, CUSMA, or the USMCA, yeah. uh, depending on where you're at. And, you know, that agreement fundamentally requires that companies from whichever of the three parties be treated in an equal manner, that there be no discrimination between them. And, you know, if we take a look at some of what Bill C-11 does, it expressly wants to discriminate. It wants to prioritize Canadian culture and CanCon, and it may do so in a way that unfairly disadvantages uh, some of the U.S. streaming services, potentially requiring them to pay into a system that they can't benefit from. And so the U.S., quite clearly, as we learned, not from Canada, they kept it secret, yeah. but with the U.S. advises, they've got real concerns about the direction Canada's heading in. So, okay, first of all, let's back up a bit here. What's the aim of this bill? I mean, there's so many different concerns that have been raised in so many different areas about this bill. Um, government keeps telling us, no, no, don't worry, this is a good thing. This is good for Canadians. It's going to mean billions of dollars for Canadian content and on. What's the focus? How is this supposed to work? Yeah, no, it's a great question, and I think in some ways when we're talking about C-11, there's what the government says it intends and then what the bill actually does. So what it says it intends is to try to bring the large streaming services, the Netflix and Disney's of the world, into the Canadian system. And I think we can have a reasonable debate even about that. Um, Netflix, for example, told the committee they've put in about $3 billion into the Canadian market in terms of licensing and funding film and TV production here. So the notion that they're not already a major contributor simply isn't the case. But even if we accept that, yeah, we'd want to bring them into the system, where this bill, I think, went off the rails and why you're seeing the kind of concern that we've seen is that it extended or expanded the scope of the bill to go beyond those large streaming services and even capture things like user content and putting potential regulatory powers in the hands of the the CRTC, the regulator, when it comes to that kind of content. Gotcha. Okay. Now, legally speaking, the United States would have some concerns, they said. Um, 
do you see that those concerns are legitimate? And how would we find out? Will this have to be tested legally somehow? Yeah, that's a great question. And it actually gets pretty complicated because uh, some of your listeners may recall that Canada's long argued that they want an exemption for the cultural sector within their trade agreements. This dates back now, several trade agreements. And that is there here as well. And so, you know, you can come to the come to this issue by saying, yes, the, the yes, the Canadian Bill C-11 violates this trade agreement, but Canada is entitled to violate the trade agreement based on the specific exemption. But there's a catch. And the agreement also says that where a country seeks to rely on that cultural exemption, where Canada says, yes, we know it's offside our non-discrimination obligations, but we're going to do it anyway, the other parties are entitled to levy tariffs uh, that are of the same value or an equivalent value of the losses. So you started off by saying that Canada thinks this could be worth billions of dollars. If this is in fact worth billions of dollars, the U.S. could turn around and say, we're going to levy tariffs on Canadian goods and services in the same amount, billions of dollars, and in fact, they'd be able to do it in whatever sector they want. They could exact, in a sense, the maximum amount of pain on the Canadian economy by targeting whatever sectors in retaliation they want. Hmm. Now, is how likely is this? The Canadian government in response to the minister's office says, no, it's not discriminatory. It's in line with trade obligations. We have nothing to worry about here. Everything's fine. And doesn't sound like they're managing to come up with any reason to change things. Do you think this is really a concern that something that could play out in the future? No, I think there is unquestionably a real risk. Hmm. You know, I think I think we've seen the Department of Canadian Heritage, the Minister Pablo Rodriguez, essentially look for a mission accomplished moment to say, hey, I passed this legislation. And so many of the the details that follow are left for other people to deal with. It's left for the regulator, for the CRTC to figure out, which it says could take a couple of years as part of that process. It's left for trade officials to sort through where there's the prospect of this kind of challenge. It's left for justice and their lawyers to deal with the prospect of other legal challenges over this legislation. So I think what we've seen is a government that's determined to get this passed, knowing that there are some significant risks and essentially saying that'll be someone else's problem. Interesting. So no, uh, as you say, uh, determined to get this passed, some slight tinkering a while ago, but it looks like now we're going ahead and we'll sort it out later. There, you know, there was a, a modest amount of tinkering, but the core concerns yeah. that existed within this legislation, those remain unchanged. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks very much, Doctor. I really appreciate your time as usual. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. That's Dr. Michael Geist, who is the Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law, Faculty of Law at the University of Ottawa.